Hello, and welcome to Give Space. I am your host, Isabella, and I welcome you. I welcome you if you're on your walk or on a drive, at a park with your headphones in, sitting in your room, laying in bed, sitting in a comfy chair. All the spaces, welcome. Welcome to the space dedicated to exploring what it means to be a work in progress. And boy, do I feel that this week. I don't know what it is. The energy is off for me. I am not in my normal groove. And part of me thinks it's because I am living at home with my parents during a global pandemic. Probably probably something to do with that and probably also something to do with the fact that we are all just very over this in so many ways. And I'm just trying my best to remind myself that being my best is going to look so different every day. And it's really crazy because this morning I had about 35 things on my to-do list and it felt so stressed kind of was pacing there for a moment was like how am I gonna do all of this today how am I gonna stay on top of my shit when I'm feeling so anxious and incapable of focusing and then I just took a deep breath and reminded myself I don't need to do any of this today I am just putting this insane amount of pressure on myself to do 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 be productive when in actuality I can spread these tasks out in a more mindful and gentle way, I'm still going to get them done. It's just that I'm not going to climb a giant mountain in one day. I'm just going to take a couple steps. And I find myself putting that pressure on myself these days. I find myself feeling so off on days and then doing nothing so that the next day I feel like I have to make up for it and just do 80,000 different tasks to make up for it. And I am here to say that fuck that. Let's just take a deep breath and do the things that we can. (laughs) Do the three things you can instead of the 90 that you can't because we're just trying our best. Okay, yeah, this is is a ramble, but this is where I'm at on a Wednesday. Meeting you on a Saturday morning. How are you doing? What are you doing? I hope you're having a great day. I'm so excited about the guest we have today, Kate, the wonderful Kate, who is a hoot and a holler. I discovered Kate through an IGTV that she posted during the summer of 2020, and she was talking about registering to vote and trying to get everyone to rally to give a shit about this world and she's talking about climate change and I saw this video and I was like holy heck this is a person that knows who they are understands their positioning in society and also understands that they just want to contribute to change and contribute to help with everything that they do and To say that she inspires me is an understatement. This girl is such a powerhouse, and I am so excited that she is on this podcast. I'm hoping that maybe she'll come back sometime soon to talk to us about anything else that's on her mind, because I was, there's never a dull moment of this conversation. Like, at no point was I like, oh shit, what am I going to say next? I just went with it. And she's just an open book and she's so vulnerable and she shares such incredible stories 
and wants to tell you about her journey and wants you to care and wants you to be along with it with her at the same time and I just can't say anything else because I'm going to give away the entire interview but yes thank you Kate for coming on the podcast thank you listeners for being here and I'm really excited about this conversation so let's just let's just get rolling let's get into it and I hope you have a freaking awesome day hello there hi Kate how are you? <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. I'm excited. We're going to chat it up. What day? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Y'all not ready? It's Saturday. It is Saturday afternoon for you. Yeah. Well, both it's, of us, right? Yeah, like a mid-morning. Or it's afternoon for you. <laughs> I forgot the word afternoon is literally afternoon. I'm like, oh, okay. Words do make sense sometimes. <laughs> I guess there was a reason we did this. I had that realization, not even kidding you, probably two weeks ago. <laughs> it's a very valid one for us to have. And I was an English major. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't I have known that as a, as a freshman? Maybe. Who knows? I mean, they're gatekeeping some stuff from us. I know everything. We're just going to have keys to the world then. <laughs> is true facts. Honestly, true facts for you. I feel like if you had a gate to how to solve most of life's problems you would be like guys okay one two three let's get it this is the plan now we're gonna make an instagram page where we can just break it the fuck down and if you're not following it like get get out of my way do it yeah do it here i'm gonna give you the guide way for free probably so just like hop on (laughs) you can holy shit emphasis on free wow yeah world easy with yeah free labor (laughs) it's really exciting because i saw that you started a sub stack which is congrats i'm gonna plug that for you everyone go and subscribe thank you for kate sub stack because you're just out here it is so insanely inspiring to me how much you can just talk from such a place of power and you're like i'm not a perfect person but this is how you approach it it's like you you don't even know how many ways you've inspired me by living that truth. It's Aww. it's really great. That's so sweet. Yeah, I feel like with politics especially, I never really felt like I had a voice. Like, you know, being a woman was a lot of the reason why I felt like I never was smart enough to pursue politics. I was mm-hmm. like, I always kind of had diverging interests between politics and fashion. And in high school, I really looked up to Manderpeller. Uh, if people were like familiar with all of that, probably. Yeah. Um, And so I, like, was a teen columnist for them, and I was really interested in, like, figuring out those intersections, whether it be with, like, really strong, smart female writers that also can write about things like shoes and purses. Also, things like sustainability and thinking about lifestyle habits and consumption and all of that. I was really interested, but I felt, like, very imperfect as a consumer, very imperfect as a citizen, um, just anything. I was like, ugh, every action I do is problematic. And I think Mm. that's continued with me to this day where every sort of career or decision I have to make, I'm very, uh, I would say, like, good at kind of talking my way out of stuff because I'm like, this is problematic. Like, I I don't want to run for office. Everyone in politics gets corrupted by money. Like, it's so bad. The system is just self-defeating. It ignores the voices of minorities. Like, it marginalizes so many people, disenfranchises so many people. Like, why the fuck would I want to do that? Ew. And then, like, the reason I think I fell out of love with fashion, or at least pursuing something in fashion, because I was like, I am just perpetuating this never-ending consumerism 
in like high developing countries like I don't want to fucking promote that either and like promoting this white gaze onto like thin white bodies like fuck like I don't want to do that work either um don't remember how I got to this tangent but no it's beautiful (laughs) keep going But but I feel like with any sort of um like speaking and like having your voice and like finding your power I guess is like really difficult for me because I think I problematize like almost every single action I take I'm very in my head very like oh why did I do that like why did I buy this in plastic why did I go to this place versus going to like a local store like fuck and for a while I think in high school I really didn't have a lot of scale of reference like I would just beat myself up for it um versus now I think more into adulthood I can kind of scale like the ways that I contribute harm because I think it's a good conversation to have like I am definitely occupying stolen land like I'm definitely contributing to gentrification in New York City but also like being able to move on with your life you know like Mm. if we all got so frustrated with these like very difficult systemic things to like weed through I don't think any of us could really live you know that's the truest thing I've heard someone say in so long and I think like as much as I feel like some people are becoming more politically aware or like aware of privileges which is incredible that I feel like there's so many more open conversations about this I'm thinking in like digital spaces at least for sure But at the same time, I think there is, like, this whole gap between, like, okay, I know about this privilege or I know about this one way I'm hurting land or hurting my neighbors or hurting something else. But, like, what's the action step there? Uh, Because that's something where I feel confused by, too, where I'm like, okay, I I know that I am, like, you know, not the person that probably should have this voice to talk about politics. Like, what am I to know? Like, a privileged white girl, you know? Mm But I think tapping into like very specific ways which you hold power versus being like, I am the resident expert on everything. Yeah. Like the mic when it's not applicable to like your experiences almost. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. I don't remember once again how I got to the stage. <laughs> no. Oh it- yeah, the newsletter is about politics. <laughs> so if you live in the US and you feel confused by our elders who don't really give a shit about Gen Z news consumers, I wrote it out of the interest of talking about very like kind of, you know, news concepts you probably hear or like large jargony political terms and you don't really have a good way to learn about them without reading some boring ass textbook. Even though I love these boring ass textbooks, I know that my friends do not want to devote their time to doing it. So I think a lot of the way that I've come approaching like political writing is being my friend's like politics friend, you know, like, hey, I'm your nerd, like bug me about like explaining something to you with politics. So that's kind of the way that I created this newsletter, which is called Gen Z Gov, because I felt like there was a a need really not being met. For sure. Uh, yeah. For sure. And you're really like really good at that. Not that I even believe in the word good, because fuck whatever does that even <laughs> mean. But I, I love the way that you can see this missing link in especially digital spaces as you were talking about and injecting it in because yeah so much of what you're talking about is a feeling that I've had for so long but like you were saying there's all these factors that lead us to silence and Mm -hmm. I just appreciate so much your ability to just break through that barrier and just say here it is it's imperfect and we're gonna try and this is this is it right now there's so many people like you're saying that we're like have such an had such an experience with a big political issue or like a life experience that is very valid or valid and like needs to be told but it feel there's some way I think we make ourselves small like mm. fuck, I'm not the right person to tell that story like 
I'm like someone, for example, could be like, okay, I am, you know, a survivor of domestic abuse and I want to write about it or something. But like, damn, maybe someone had it worse than me. Like, oh, I, I know about climate change, but maybe someone else knows it better than me. Like, should I be telling this story? And I'm almost someone where like, I think more is better. Like, I think more voices make a more holistic experience versus mm-hmm. like, I'll just have one person to listen to on every subject. Yeah. There. Yeah. For sure. And I women too, like, I feel like we just need more women doing stuff point blank period. Like yeah. we need, I don't, I don't, there's, I think there was a period where I felt like everything on the internet was very competitive, but now I feel like people very much are honing into their own lanes and like what they want to like create content around or like conversations they want to have, which is super cool. Like, it's not like we're all fighting to be like, like work at Teen Vogue and be like the CEO or something. Like we're all <laughs> doing very different things in very different ways. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so true. I love how we're eight minutes in and you haven't even introduced yourself. Yeah, hi guys. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh my god. No, it's it's so true. I, I do want to ask you. Yeah. What is it? Because I know that you've been this has been a, a process for you since you just graduated. And you you did talk about your relationship with wanting to start a job in politics. What is your thought towards what I know this question could probably annoy you, but I'm going to fully just say it on what the next five years of your life look like. And then emphasis on that idea of like working for free, like how have you thought about that and what does that mean to you right now? And how are you changing that in your daily life? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Well, for me, I guess only like a little background. Like I just graduated from NYU. I was in a program where you design your own major. So I came to the city from Minnesota originally. Love the Midwest. Um, (laughs) I came to the city with really like diverse interests. I was very interested in fashion. Like I said, journalism, politics. I never knew where I was going to end up after college. I was like, Mm. okay, I don't know if I'm smart enough to do the whole politics thing. I felt there was like in 2016 when I graduated, I was like, that's, I do not see anyone who's into fashion being able to sit in an office cubicle with like old white men all day. Yeah. that is really sad that that was my retrospective thought being a senior in high school that like I don't see myself affecting change in politics because the state is or like the state of politics is just like old white men yeah you know and I think growing into that like line of work and seeing like I've did a lot of like prof- working for professors and having a lot of nice mentors along the way like seeing really smart women occupy space and be like okay wow like I can do whatever the fuck I want to do it shouldn't be limited based on like what people work in the industry so I worked in fashion, did some stuff in a nonprofit for like a feminist nonprofit, the National Organization for Women, worked at a government tech startup, did a lot of odd stuff in between, some like, you know, Instagram stuff, ambassador stuff, all of that. Yeah. And I mean, for me, the pandemic has been difficult just as it is for everyone else. My big thing is like I graduated amidst the pandemic, which many college graduates can experience that it's like graduating over Zoom is not sexy. It's not. Yeah. Fun. But more was difficult for me because I think I've had to put a lot of these like dreams on hold um that I really thought I was going to like accumulate up to like where I was working laid off you know a lot of the visions that I had of myself are really altered with the pandemic or at least they're on hold for a little period of time uh one of them was law school I really wanted to like you know be a (laughs) go save the world be a lawyer fight for the people that whole jargon and that whole archetype I think I internalized a lot as for sure be the next Thurgood Marshall, be the next Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, I really want to go be an advocate. Um, Law school, I was like, I don't want to pay all this money and go sit inside 
of my apartment and take like online torts from Harvard Law. <laughs> like I want to, if I'm paying this much, I want to go sit in that fancy ass fucking library in Harvard. I want my butt to be on that wood that was made in like the 1800s. You yeah, know? facts. I I also want to get my MFA potentially in poetry, but I'm. Oh. You bet, I'm not gonna go and get my MFA through zoom like this just no. not happening no 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 no. It's, it's not it it's not fun everyone i know that's in like a really pressure cooker academic environment like it's not it no i really feel bad though for like seniors in high school that have to make these like very critical life decisions like where you yeah. go to college kind of change the trajectory of your life um and that i cannot imagine being in high school right now i don't know what i would do <laughs> i agree i just can't imagine what it's like to be a child in general right now even though I still feel like a child every single day. (laughs) I see like very little kids on like getting lunch or something like that in, you know, New York or like not getting lunch. What am I saying? I'm acting like (laughs) little children are like two adults, like (laughs) often. I was like, had a vision in my head. I was like, they're not getting lunch. They're playing in the park or something on their lunch break. Like, what do you mean? Um, Anyways, but yeah, these kids are like trying to learn how to socialize in the key years of their like socialization, I'm guessing. Yep. And masks and it's like they don't touch each other i'm just like there's gonna be some emotional stunt for like these kids that are yeah at peak years oh for sure but also like nods to them for how adaptable they can become after that because you have a whole different perspective on life at a younger age which i feel like a lot of us could have used totally yeah (laughs) or gentle clean like orderly like probably taking stuff a lot more seriously like my parents probably would have like fear-mongered me be like you wear that mask and you are not eating dinner tonight like (laughs) imagine there's some really threatening like parental stuff yeah it sounds like we have similar ass parents (laughs) yeah (laughs) i can't can't fathom how my parents would raise us during the pandemic i know same but sorry i cut you off you were talking about how um your relationship i think you were talking about oh Oh, wanting to go to law school yeah, wanted to go to law school, and then I was like, okay, fuck that. I'm in this pandemic. Let's just, you know, think about life. I have this ample opportunity of staring at the same wall every single day in my apartment. <laughs> Let's just think about these deep things that you don't want to think about because they're hard to go through yep. and met- and you don't have a good answer. So I still am in this process of thinking about it all. Um, you know, I have been applying to jobs, haven't heard anything. Like, I'm officially, like, unemployed. Like, I don't have any work in front of me. That's not, like, random freelance stuff to do. Yeah. But... I think for me, it was like, okay, I could run for office. I wish I like tried to do and like, it's a lot. And I also, once again, complicating every career thing. I'm like, okay, I've lived in New York for four years. There's no way in hell I know more than my next door neighbor who's 60 and then has lived here for 30 years, you know? And that's, I mean, that's a really like brutally like honest criticism to make of yourself. But I was like, this just doesn't feel right this early. Like I, once again, am just like a white person coming in and it feels really like uneasy for me to act like I should be your representative. Like, Mm. you know, I think I would want to do that boring policy stuff, but it's like just not the fit yet. Yeah, totally. Um, And also like it's totally valid to give yourself a minute to just sit with that idea and maybe absorb the information you need in order to feel as though you could be comfortable stepping into that role, you know? Really? Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about like kind of putting some things on the table and then like revisiting them a year later. Yes. That's happened to me a lot. Like I was really into making in January, I was making this cookbook and it was a lot of this collage art about like food and climate change and veganism and health and nutrition and trying to make this like fun for people. And it's really funny because now that's kind of translated over to like what I do with my podcast with Emma and like the infographics and sort of like the visual sides of it. Yeah. Uh, 
it's entirely like drawn back to that visual inspiration that I had like January of 2020. For sure. Uh, so it's really weird. I think when you do put stuff away, like put them in the back of the, the cabinet and you like lock the door and then you come back later, giving space for that like dream to marinate or for like life experiences to literally happen between I think that's one thing you can't really like have foreshadowing on like oh this is gonna happen to me five months later um but I'd say back to like job stuff I for a while I was like okay I want to go into the court system I want to like you know be at the district court level or federal court level someday be in the supreme court um But, you know, lofty dreams. And so I think then I transferred over like, okay, let's look at like legislative stuff. I could work in politics. I could work in the city council. And like nothing has honestly, it's been really weird because I think since I've been 16, I've always had this vision of like what I want to do. And it's changed like every month, but I've had an idea. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I feel like I am so all over the place and I've never allowed myself to be all over the place like I played volleyball growing up and that was my identity I was in choir that was my identity I was the fashion girl in New York that was my identity Mm -hmm. and like I was the politics girl and now it's like I'm actually allowing myself to explore all of my identities and maybe be mediocre at some of them like I'm kind of mediocre at cooking I'm kind of mediocre at playing guitar like I know that I'm not making money off playing guitar but it's like allowing myself to have hobbies I don't think I realized how much I was shutting off like that creative side and that it was hindering like my professional side Yo. like I was not having all my needs met and I didn't realize it for the longest time and I was talking to my mom about this because I was like why did I stop doing art in high school like I was so into art but I like didn't you know take or I took AP art but I never like went into like study it in college so I felt like it wasn't a validated passion I was like can you send me my guitar? Like, I really want to play it. Like, I've been playing since I've been 12. Like, give me my guitar. I want to like, go play some Taylor Swift and, like, act like I'm 12 again. Yeah. Um. So I think that's been, like, the biggest realization. But then that becomes difficult when it's like, okay, well, you can't just, like, f- as much as you want to just all float and have hobbies. Like, you need to, like, get a job, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we do live in a society, as they say. I know. It's It sucks because I there's so many people that it's like their passion is not what makes them the money at the end of the day. And everyone, I think, has these vis- visions and passions you really wish could be the income. Um, so right now I'm like working through, I think, ways to like think about, OK, could this sub stack be feasible in six months? Could the podcast get monetized in this many months? Um, but thinking in such a future thing with like money is like, my brain does not work that way. For sure. <laughs> like this, this sort of like money analytical thing. Um, but I think, yeah, I've come across the realization of like speaking to, I think people that are a few years senior than me and talking about their job experiences that like you deserve to get compensated for your work. Like it just feels weird. I think I've done the whole unpaid internship in fashion thing while I was studying. I've done a lot of like odd jobs like that or favors and maybe that's my midwest nice my mom and i talk about that like we she would coach kids for volleyball for free in hope of them like playing for her one day and so like i don't know i think that just rubbed up on me a lot that i'm like no like i'll just go do this as a favor why would i ever charge someone for that but realizing like yeah in the economy you can't just do that um yeah i guess i don't really have a definitive answer of like where i see myself because I don't know geographically even like if I see myself in New York I feel like I do see myself in the United States just from like a political context because mm-hmm. I feel like it makes the most sense to me at least but I'm like maybe I move to DC and be- do the whole like politics thing which I thought about for a while yeah uh, but I do think something in like relation to climate change and like fighting that fight yeah 
matter how, you know, small it is or big it is, there's also, I think, a whole identity thing I had for a while I was struggling with where, like, felt like the weight of the world was on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you were the one that's going to solve the climate crisis. Um, and I think we all just have to learn that we can exert pressure on bigger causes than ourselves in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to a podcast from some client climate scientists, and they were like, if everyone quit their day jobs right now or their, yeah, their, like, full-time jobs and became, like, a climate person in like worked in science we wouldn't have anyone running other parts of the economy we wouldn't have anyone in transportation or in fashion or in you know different sectors that need to be tweaked too so mm-hmm. i think like a, like a aspect of knowing where you're good at and not just like dropping everything and being like okay well i'm gonna go fight this fight yeah. like i'm not gonna go be a scientist overnight but i can do some political stuff like that's kind of i think where my head's at at least yeah um, yeah. Another question connected to that is, do you feel like you have, I know this word can sound overused, but kind of what wraps, because I hear you're so passionate about so many different things at once. And I love that you're exploring the freedom that it is to allow all those identities to come together. Because I think that society at large, especially when we're in college, studying one thing or multiple things that can kind of become one thing. There's mm-hmm. this pressure to just be one thing and yeah. get good at one thing because that one thing is a product and that one thing can make you money. And then that one thing makes you fit into the whole world at large that is working off of this incredibly fucked up system called capitalism. Yeah. So totally. I love that you're you're taking this time, especially after college, to just breathe and to let those things just come to surface. But my question is, <laughs> do you think that you have a quote-unquote higher purpose not saying that's a religious concept but just an idea a theme for you that you return to that gives you purpose in in the the activities you pursue yeah that's a great question because I think I have been like go 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 since I've been 16 Mm -hmm. Uh, like looking to play college volleyball at a very young age like set me off in that college process like taking the ACT when I was in 10th grade Mm -hmm. and so just having that drive and not necessarily know like once again what I was striving for but I was like I don't know but I'm gonna like believe in myself and do it and I think now I've like realized a lot of my identity is kind of formed from childhood which makes sense yes Um, and and I have a twin brother and he has various disabilities and so Mm. uh, he has cerebral palsy he's partially deaf has an adrenal insufficiency so a few complicating like factors both physical and like mental disabilities Mm -hmm. and so growing up I think this is like, I think the real, the biggest kind of, I was like, aha, like I finally understand like why I am the way I am. Like growing up with a, a twin, mm-hmm. for twins, like you're compared to someone just subconsciously. You're the same age, you're in the same household, like you're going to the same school systems. And it was really beneficial for my parents, like raising a son with so many complicating disabilities to have a daughter that's the same age to compare to. Mm. Like this tall Kate's eating this much Kate said her first word Kate can walk Kate can talk wow Um, so it was very very helpful I think from my parents perspective to have that like okay Kate's at this reading level Matthew's not but then at the same time like how it kind of warped my identity which I've only really realized into adulthood is this like kind of quiet like I just need to keep my head down and do my work right like when your brother literally bleeding like you can't be like guys I got an A in my test can someone like throw me a party like you know always putting I think myself in relation to the world around me has been an upside and a bad side right because Mm -hmm. it's like 
something bad happened to me, but then I always jump to the conclusion of like, well, the, the planet's burning. Why the fuck does it matter if I have a cut on my finger? Yeah. You know, like that's not a healthy way to live. And I was living that way for a very long time. But I think now it's the reverse seeing it like you are allowed to feel like any sort of like flippant, stupid emotion, but then also like returning back to like higher order things that to keep you grounded. Right. Like, yeah, it's just feel like oh, I'm just floating in my stupid fucking life like how do I affect these larger larger systems I am like just placed in yeah so for me like being an advocate and for fighting for someone who doesn't have that ability has been kind of in my DNA yeah see I'm fighting for my brother with like healthcare healthcare system and disability services was just like something I grew up and like almost it's like how would you not like mm-hmm. whenever there's sort of option of like okay you could continue doing this and it's hard and it sucks or you could just quit I would be like quitting is not even an option yeah my parents quit on my brother at any point he would not be enrolled in college like he is now like there's no way you just have to do it and so my mom and I are wired very similarly and just like you gotta keep your head down and like keep fighting for whatever it is um so it's definitely say that's like that fighter mentality of like I want to be an advocate for someone and Someone I think has always relatively changed of like now I think I'm thinking more about like now that I'm out of college at least like how I occupy New York City and like yeah. privilege I have and also shortcomings I have and really learning about this space that I occupy um but then I feel like at earlier age it was just more of like an abstract like I'm fighting for everyone because the climate is gonna die yeah for sure for yeah. sure thank you so much for sharing that yeah so much for for sharing that with me especially I feel yeah really grateful to be holding this space with you right now yeah thank you for that you're welcome um okay uh, another question that I was remembering while we were talking is and it can be a lot so just buckle down is there anything mm-hmm. right now that scares you about the world that you see Ooh, good question fears about yourself in general or maybe just the observations you have of maybe others or just just yeah. fear what are your thoughts on fear <laughs> fear fear is hard to work through I think for me like fear really manifests and comes up when I don't want it to like I have put mm-hmm. it in the back of my mind I'm making myself busy and like the one day where I like finish all my stuff early I have like an hour to breathe that is when the worst of the worst comes out for me mm-hmm. um I I do a really that's like a good coping mechanism I have where I like make myself so busy I forget about what I'm scared of. Um, I do think fear can be a very like motivating factor. I think although it's like really obviously terrifying to like tap into some of these deeper fears, like I've had all those existential dreads of like, I'm just gonna die alone, like I'm not gonna do anything cool with my life, I'm not gonna find any joy, I'm not gonna like love myself fully one day. Mm. Um and so I think when you, like, get down and down and down, it's so detached. I mean, I had a breakdown, like, two right before I started my newsletter. Like, I was, like, voice following Emma. And I was, like, I just laid in bed for, like, three hours and, like, took a nap from two to five. I have not done that since I've been depressed in high school. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be when I was out of college. I had my a, a dream job. I was, like, in the city. And I was, like, you know, just some hot bitch running shit. Like, finally. <laughs> and then, like. Me, like, in the depths of my, like, bed curled up like I'm 16 again and I have never dealt with my emotions before. Um, For me, a lot of it is, like, attached to that higher purpose, like, we're talking about is, like, fuck, am I going to do anything that changes the world? And I think for me, it was always having this burden, the bar so high, like, okay, well, I need to, like, do so much that we have a Green New Deal tomorrow. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, 
doesn't have that much power but it's like constantly pushing myself to like get more I think comfortable with the idea of small victories and like once again I think I was like okay well I'm not going to play my guitar or I'm not going to do this type of work because I'm not the best at it like I'm mediocre and so allowing myself I think to have that combination of like mediocre shit and then shit that I actually feel like good about you know yeah but yeah I think fear honestly for me it's like yeah the fear that like I'm never doing enough that's like Mm. the constant of my gears like once again what is enough who's who's this person that is telling me what's enough it's myself but I keep saying far higher and higher so I can't reach it yep um And, but I think the harder thing in relation to fear is to, like, really stick out the lifestyle changes to get over the fear. You know, it's easy yeah. to recognize, think, like, fuck, I don't like how I'm living. Or, like, I'm in a bad spiral that happens every day at the same time. Like, I want to get out of it. But then the first time I think you take the action step to, like, actively get out of, like, a bad mindset, you're like, fuck. Like, does this feel any better than, like, feeling like shit was? <laughs> uh, Like, I don't know. I had a therapist at one point that was describing this to me when I was going through, like, some eating disorder stuff. And the metaphor was, like, okay, every day you walk down the street and you step in a hole. The next day you wake up and you go step in the same pothole. Mm. You wake up. Like, you are living, you know, people say whatever, insanity is, like, doing the same thing regardless. Not getting results, not changing. And I think about that a lot with fear. I'm like, oh my God, like all this time that I've sat around like fearing like if I'm the right person to do some sort of political thing, Mm -hmm. like 75 average fucking white men named Chad have already done it. (laughs) Like every day that I have stopped like or like sold myself short or not applied for the job or not reached out to someone or like felt like networking was like ugly and ooh, that's like a little bit like shady to like ask someone for help on something like fuck there's already a bunch of white men that have like done it like oh uh. that's and oh it's like being motivated by that anger i think really gets me back to like i want to do this like fuck all of that fear like i there needs to be a fix to this oh my god yes everything that you're saying right now about how you were going through that fear especially right now like post-graduation because i I also just graduated a year ago and Mm -hmm. I swear to God this year, I feel like I wake up and on the edge of my bed sits fear, doubt, anger, like all these different emotions. And sometimes I'm just like, okay, come on guys. Like that's, this is our day. We're just all going to hang out. We're just in a circle (laughs) and we're all just going to yell at each other. (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to talk it out. Everyone like pass the mic, give your time to speak about your thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, like, putting less pressure on, like, I think having, you know, jobs and classes and more tasks to do where the pandemic has, like, killed those tasks, it was easy to feel like, okay, like, I have to be somewhere, I have to do something, like, I can kind of get through my measly little day. Yeah. But really having to document that, like, thoughtful time for yourself is so fucking hard, you know, like, and it, once again, it's, like, a privilege that I am just, like, living, being unemployed for a period of time, Mm -hmm. meanwhile, are essential workers and like have been risking their lives to get on public transportation to do all this yes like recognizing that but i think this is like a relative like emotional thing you know for sure like, people first like people have lost members of covid obviously uh which is like something i'm always like critical of whenever i say something i'm like fuck people definitely have it worse than me like yeah. i'm bitching about this and it's not and it's not that deep <laughs> yeah I'm, like bitching about the fact that i didn't have pickles when i got home like fuck <laughs> like that's not that serious but i still can be mad about it True. um Yeah, I feel like it is just like this. I want to have the answers to solve a lot of my emotional problems, but then I'm like, I still don't got it. Like, still, 
I'm still here. Um, so I guess maybe it's just going to live with me for a bit. It's just going to move in and be rent free. Like, I yeah. don't know. It's a uh, fuck. Mm-hmm. It's, I love what you said about um, the chads, the chads doing it because yeah. I was having, I have been having so many ther- conversations with my therapist about how I see my life right now because I'm, you know, a writer and don't necessarily make the substantial income from that. Oh, yeah, I would love to. And I'm like, damn, Terry, I feel like every time I go for a job, that's not like me writing a book by myself. I just talk shit on myself and tell myself all of these reasons why I can't apply. And I know there are fucking men looking at this job posting being like, oh, man, I got this. And they haven't done shit. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, Isabella, that's the reality. You don't believe in yourself partially because you've been socialized this way. So let's have a conversation about it. And I just love that you said that because it's like, we don't need all these chats. Like, we should have an Isabella or a Kate in there, too. Yeah, I like want to write that on my wall right now because so many job applications, I have just shut my computer and like, nope, yep. I'm not applying that shit. Like, fuck it. I would never be able to do it. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time I just felt very like paralyzed, I would say. September to December when I was like about to graduate yes. it was floating in the back of my mind this anxiety They're like oh, okay you gotta like apply for jobs you gotta fix up your resume you gotta like wrap it all in a bow and make sense to an employer and I think for me like you probably relate to this as well with applying for jobs like I understand that like I think Gen Z college grads workers anything it's like a different it's a different breed like I've been trying to like really make myself understandable on a piece of fucking paper on a resume and I'm like I don't think the boomer reading this is going to know Mm. like the good qualities I have Mm. like I do not cross in an objective statement well like I have so many random things that I do feel are redeemable factors that you would want in an employee but like the the, the two sentence bullshit that like business analyst Jake who lives in Murray Hill (laughs) could pop out like, he knows, he knows the buzzwords that are going to come up in the SEO optimization when they're going through resumes. Like, I don't. Oh like, what the fuck is CMOS is on my resume? Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, the word man repeller is on my resume. Like, is it going to make sense to you? Um, Jake, why is, why are all the Jakes just out here with their stupid SEOs? Like, get out of here, Jake. Literally so stupid. Like, I could rant about men for a long time, as we all know. But, like, oh, the job stuff pisses me off. There's been times when I've been on dates and, like, some guys are just, like, I wouldn't even qualify it as mansplaining because it was, like, so stupid. I was, like, there's no – it was, like, I was, like, you don't even know who your representative, honey. Like, don't talk to this like please don't i mean like i fell off the cuff there was this one photographer who was like telling me about like studying for the lsat i was like i mean i say this on my instagram but i was like you just know about like a child pornography lawsuit like you don't actually know about like that i mean that was very like teen shade but i'm just like dude like you don't actually know about the law it's like once again i think it's so difficult to like be your own biggest fan and i do try to be reflective and like like, the person I talk to the most is Emma, my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I would never tell Emma to, like, go wake up and run a marathon and then go eat one piece of arugula and then try to do all this shit. Like, I would never talk to her that way. Why do I talk to myself that way? Yeah. I would never Emma, you shouldn't apply for these jobs because you're a piece of shit. Like, I would yeah. never. So crazy. We say that stuff to ourselves. You're so crazy. So true. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I want to ask you, because while you were talking about this, I was thinking about how you feel in relation to like the boomers and your resume and your job placement. But I want to ask you this, what is your relationship and feeling towards 
being the person that you are, being the age that you are, and comparing yourself to those around you. Even though mm-hmm. we don't want to compare ourselves, we do have those innate feelings in our body. So do you ever yeah. have thoughts where you're looking at someone and you're like, damn, that person is studied this and has this job. And how, how do I feel like being this person that I am now? And then, then how do you back yourself and like navigate yeah. that? Yeah. I, I think with, yeah, social media, Instagram, our information in digital age, it's so difficult not to like, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, I think for a period of time when I feel like I didn't have much quote like on my plate, like first move to New York, you're 18. Like you got to really start, start from the bottom here. <laughs> like yeah, I'm not moving to the city with my parents, like working from some like fucking famous art gallery mm-hmm. in Chelsea. Like, I got, I got nothing. My mom's a volleyball coach and my dad does IT stuff. I don't think they have connections to some big fashion house here. Um, For me, I really, in comparison, I think the one way I've looked at it in a positive is comparing myself to people that are like, 10 years older than me hmm. and like almost just like kind of creeping through their life and being like damn like they they were in college and they weren't doing much shit then either hmm. like I can back like damn like I think Leandra Medine Emily Weiss like Ty Haney from Outdoor Voices like my boss Morgan Bonstein who I worked for like there's a lot of female and a lot of female politicians too like I've just looked at the way that they have like created this like community in the world and I'm like that is just they are driven they are powerful they have something yeah. they have some power that I really don't know what mine is exactly but I just think they're really fucking cool um but with like comparing people to like people my age like that is the rabbit hole I go down the most yeah I think when it comes to body image when it comes to self-talk like oh this girl looks like this and like having a passive eating disorder I think my head always goes to like looks a yeah. lot with that um I do feel very alien I would say in some of my like more of like my traits being like political I'm like eh, Kate I think you're the only one who really cares about what Joe Manchin is doing mm-hmm. like I think your information stuff that you want to communicate I feel like you are very like like you do talk to some people about it and like you have conversations in politics but it's like you're pretty kind of a rare breed with that but I think with the whole image thing like I had such an identity crisis with like being a single young woman in New York like didn't have my first kiss till I was 20 mm-hmm. so like all of that baggage I was like fuck like I never went out I never went out to a club or a bar I was like I'm not pretty enough I'm not gonna fit into those like skirts I don't even know how to do makeup I do not own <laughs> like I'm not the girl yeah I'm just not the and I think I sold myself a narrative like out of living certain lives um, because I was like, eh, I think I'm just going to go like read in the library till 10 p.m., which I did most nights. Um, so I think like comparison is something I still deal with, but I feel like my mechanisms out of it is like really trying to just compare myself to myself. Mm. Um, I mean, you can say that's healthy or unhealthy, but it's like really just comparing yourself to like who you were yesterday, six months ago. Um, I try to do when I do sort of like journaling or reflection, do a lot of like relational to like, okay, if I was six months ago, how would have I dealt with this situation? Like, oh, this like messy situation with a guy like, oh my God, six months ago, I just would have like been crying my eyes out every night. And now I'm more stable about it. Or like, oh my God, I just had ice cream and cake together. Like two years ago, I would have spiraled and been insane about it, Mm -hmm. you know? trying to relate it to like younger versions of yourself not necessarily like worse versions of yourself because there's like I don't know I keep like joking (laughs) in the early pandemic I was like damn I really wish I was like 17 year old girl boss Kate who thought the world was her oyster and thought she ran shit back in Minnesota like you didn't didn't do anything you know but really validating I think parts of your identity that are like from a past version of yourself and still like trying to have that 
conversation with them like taking lessons from who you were relating it to now so um, true yeah because I think once you get to relating it to other people it's like not helpful too because we all live such different lives and like you could take 10 girls put them in a room and give them some sort of emotional conflict or personal conflict family conflict all of us would say like deal with it differently yeah. I have a lot of friends where like we'll encounter situations and they just look at it 180 I'll be like okay never talk to the person again they'll be like oh I just called them <laughs> I was like oh okay so we really just I, I don't know how to deal with your shit you don't know how to deal with mine yeah. so that's kind of a way to stay in your own lane I think like sure. sometimes when you have these like people in your lives that you are maybe good friends with you but you're very contrasting and different like damn do I want them deciding like what what time I brush my teeth every day? I don't know. We do shit differently. Let's just vibe differently. Yeah, yes. for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's so true. Especially like the more we grow, the more we learn, you really realize the people you grow away from. And it's kind of sad. Like I know mourning that can be so intense sometimes. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like really difficult to not have any sort of like neat bow wrapping all of it up. There's mm. no like I think that's the most like time I have hangups when something yeah you don't talk to someone or there's you haven't heard from someone in a long time and it's like there's no neat conclusion like I want some closure so I have some closure on this like why this didn't go well for sure closure is like such a I think man-made concept or total man and woman or fucking human made human made human made concept (laughs) and I think it's difficult too because I'm like there have been situations where I think I've empowered myself to like no text the person and ask them like what went wrong like you deserve to know yeah um I think for me too there's been like certain dating situations where I've just been like nope I'm sending them a text if I never hear from them again I did everything to reach out to them like I know in my grave that I sent the last text and they didn't respond to me and I fucking tried like I tried but I don't know I've been really reflecting and meditating on a very specific situation which I won't get into but I'm just like damn I really wonder if like that person is going to come back into my life or not yeah a year from now I'll hear from them or not eh. more often than not you do <laughs> yeah it's like at the best times of day yep for me it's always like I'm in a grocery store and I have like some kimchi in my hand and it's like holy shit text from this person out of the blue yep and sometimes once you get that text you're also like I didn't really need this like I'm over it yeah. now <laughs> yeah oh my god I've had so many of those where I was like, oh okay like two months ago this would have like caused me to like have some sort of relief or joy and now I'm like oh whatever I forgot about it exactly or you're just like I don't even I I don't know I had this a similar situation where I kind of something ended and we just it was just so abrupt and then Mm -hmm. I got like a text at 2 a.m from this person and it was very simple and nice but I was almost like why'd you do that like I don't need this yeah you know my response is gonna be like well, thanks. Like, yeah. What? I was going to say, I've had a lot of those situations where, yeah, it doesn't serve you anymore. I think it's like Mm. you, when certain romantic or personal or private, you know, family relationships like kind of get fizzled. Yeah. You like grow from it. And I think you have to restructure how your life is without that person, you know? Yeah. Hard work. Because I think you can get into slumps if you are relying on someone to fill a certain need and avoid. But, like, yeah, peeling off the Band-Aid and figuring out a new way to fill that void, whether it be, like, <laughs> I'm going to go make some almond milk or I'm going to go paint my nails. Like, it can be dumb stuff to fill the void. For but sure. I feel like that. Yeah, it's like you got to make a structural change it's, to your day. It's also especially hard when you're mourning not even what was, but what you thought. Like, you projected that, this oh, entire 
life or relationship with a person I've fully done that fuck me too I've done that too like recently and that's kind of the thing I've been marinating on I'm like I thought this was so much more yeah and I'm never gonna know what that person thought it was yeah that sucks yeah communication is so so like critical and I think in the moment it's really hard to like communicate your needs almost like you do need I feel like space yeah like have that time away from someone and then you like circle back to it I'm like wow I really wish I would have you know perked my ears up at this moment or asked a question here or like voiced my concern there and maybe it would have changed yes or on these like rabbit holes of like the what it's crazy I think another big thing that I learned from that circumstance everything that you just said plus there really are such things as red flags as much as I want to say that that's a cliche and like such a romance term but there really are and there it's more like I feel like red flag for me like the symbol of that means like my intuition telling me like hey pay attention to this it doesn't feel good in your belly like really think about it yes that happened to me too I was like walking around for a day and I was like everything you know everything should be good and then I was like oh what's this thing yeah what's the thing underneath that's like freaking me out (laughs) but it's hard to pinpoint it too it's like oh there's something off but I don't know it's not like a slap in the face like exactly what yep oh red flag this happened but it's like oh there's just yeah it's off okay but Uh, the craziest thing about that is that when it ends all the red flags come together and just paint this perfect ass picture and you're like oh I literally yeah when like certain situations have ended I've texted everyone close to my life and I'm like were y'all not gonna tell me this like this <laughs> I, I've been voicing this and it's like such a fucking glaring red flag was no one gonna just be like hey that happened yep. and I'm like fuck I could have wasted you know saved so much time but I like to think you know I feel like all experience is good experience which is really shitty to say mm. But you learn something and you do learn stuff about yourself. I think you learn how to create boundaries or like make space for certain needs. I think for dating, like to use the word making space, like for me dating, like I, it has to be, your needs have to be met. And if they aren't, like you got to go. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so much about, you need to be selfish with how you love and like how open you are with love. Cause I'm very someone like, I will literally like, if I'm like very loving to people, but I like have a very small circle. And so yeah. I'm like, if you person and you really like me, like I will literally go all in. I will make you fucking banana bread. I will do everything. Like I will give you a supplement routine. I will fill out your voter registration form. Like I love you. Like I want the best for you. I will advocate for you. I will fight for you. I will fight for that love. Yeah. And I've always been, that's very much how my parents like love and like raised all of us. Like you have to fight for whatever you want. And it just sucks when I think these situations where you're like, fuck, like I really was all in and this person didn't give a fuck about me. Um, so really protecting, I think, how hard you love is something that I've like had to work on and still work on because I'm like, I'll love the someone that just says hi to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, are you someone really- too that loves once you've loved, you kind of always love like for a long period of time? Does that make sense? Like, in, like, if something ends, you still have feelings for them? Not even, like, wouldn't even say feelings, but just this, even if they did whatever they did and things went down, you still know that in your heart, oh, I I kind of do love that person regardless of who they are now. Like, it's a soft spot. What are you, what are your thoughts around that? I think I am very akin to my horoscope of being a Scorpio in the sense, like, I'm someone who kind of has those grudges. Yeah. Uh, I think about, like, I am very, I feel like with 
dating and romantic relationships, I'm like, I don't want to waste anyone's time because I have had my time wasted. Mm. I for women, it's easier to have your time wasted where, like, guys will use you for sex or, like, lead you down a path of, like, saying the right stuff to make you think that this is romantic and then it's not. Oh, um, Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, anyone can text you this, like, sappy text, say it to my face, bitch. Like, I bet yeah. you won't. Or, like, show me through action, consistent show action. Me. Yes, consistencies, especially. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, you got, like, a bonus at work and you had a good day and you said something nice to me. Like, okay, I have said you, like, nice stuff when I was at my lowest of my low. Yeah. Um, But I think I'm very, like, I recognize, I think, the the time periods in which I love that person and, like, owned up and, like, not trying to be like, oh, maybe you didn't love them. It's like, no, you probably did love them, but now you have some hindsight and, like, that was not the fit for you. Like, mm-hmm. that was not it. Um, but it's really weird, I think, because I've been so apprehensive to love for a long time. Um, kind of allowing yourself to like, de- you deserve that. Like, I've been so good, I think, with myself. With, like, you deserve to have a job you like and have a passion you follow and like really like how you look. And I've worked on a lot of those personal skills. But like coming into the idea of you deserve to be loved. Mm. Like you deserve someone to be obsessed with you, enamored with you, like want to be with you all the time. That is something I'm still working through and kind of, like, playing with the universe where I'm just, like, what is that going to feel like? Like, where is my future partner? Like, what is he doing right now? Like, I know that there's someone out there. But it's, like, so weird to think about that whole, like, life partnership. And not like I'm trying to get married tomorrow. For sure. But I just, the the higher order type of love that I feel like is kind of taboo to talk about because you sound kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Partners out there walking on the earth. And it's, like, all right, shut the fuck up. Like... <laughs> I don't know and I think that's how I think about dating too especially now in the pandemic in New York I'm like Kate your boyfriend is literally not like doing this you know like your future life partner is not like probably in Manhattan right now yeah and like accept that you know like it's fine if you date and have fun and all that but it's like the this more serious I think intentional partner like yeah I've been I think putting my energy into finding that and like really being able to when it happens like fighting for that love and showing up for that love this all sounds like hippie woo-woo, but it's just like, I don't know. I just yeah. I really thought recently about like what it would be like to have a partner that meets all my needs and it's like a duo, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. Because that's like the most empowering, maybe not the most, but that's an empowering position to be with someone. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's really, and like if it happens, it's like everyone's look, I, you see those couples where it's like they've been married for so many years and they've been together or like the way they love each other is just so it like really kind of like ricochets off and everyone else in the room notices it. Um, so I think it's like, if you have it, it's like definitely run for it and chase it down. Cause like, that's so special to have. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so true. It's so yeah. true. I was relate so much to that feeling so hard. That's like mm-hmm. exactly how I felt before I met the person I'm with right now, my, my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And I love I love the way that you view partnership. That's so it's so real. And like, it, I love that you want to be with someone who fucking wants to be with you and you are saying the things that you deserve. That's like such a beautiful boundary to have with yourself. Like you're talking about boundaries. Totally. And I think like I had been so siphoned off from ever having love. Just I was like, fuck it. Like my house got egged when I was in high school because I was a feminist. Like no boy's ever going to love me. Mm. I was never invited 
gospel dance. Like, it's just, you know, like, my sister's engaged her fiancé. My parents have been married for, like, almost 30 years. Like, I know that love consciously does happen in society. Yeah. But I also just sold myself a narrative that was different than everyone else. Like, everyone else gets to be in love. But for me, some, some reason, the rules are just off. And I don't get to be in love. Yeah. But I now like realizing that being in love doesn't minimize the rest that I want to do with my life it was always like that false notion of like oh you're just gonna be in love and all you do is just like you know be a housewife and wait on your husband Mm. and shit but like really the power of love is like you are able to show up for yourself so much more and that's something I like haven't fully experienced I think there's been situations with like relationships where I'm like damn this person is like could be it and it's really difficult for me because I feel like in reflection I'm just like fuck that person wasn't it yeah and like you really thought it was and it didn't turn out like that fucking sucks but that's kind of a part of it and I think my mom and I are very similar in how we date and like seek out romantic others where I'm just like I want to love and love hard and if it my heart's broken great I want to experience the depths of my emotions yeah. like I don't want to have some sort of like you see people at brunch and it looks like they fucking hate each other yes. <laughs> like it just you see people walking in the street they're not holding hands they're not smiling like but then you see the couple that is like giggling and it looks like the whole world is stopped around them. And I'm like walking to the grocery store and I'm like, these people are walking so fucking slow on the sidewalk. And I'm just like, now I think I've matured and I'm like, oh my God, but they're in the puppy dog love. Yeah. Like, that's so great. Yeah. I'm so happy people are having that. You see the old couples, like it's just, it's beautiful when it happens. And I think there's so many people that once again, live their life without having that love. And that's like something I do not want to settle for. Yeah. I think realized yeah yeah because it's so true it's so true that I love what you were saying about you resist this idea of being this archetype of a woman and that is so fucking relatable because when I got into like the relationship I'm in now Mm -hmm. I was like I don't fucking need you like you're here because I choose to be with you and I'm not gonna ever lean on you the way you think I am like I can stand on my own two feet and let me tell you it has been honestly so overwhelming at points to realize like how much my desire to be able to stand on my own two feet almost limits me in a way of like emotionally connecting with my partner at times because I see him as a man and I let that like stop me from accessing this part of myself this tenderness But also still remembering that, like, I am a strong woman and I do choose to be with him and I don't need him. So fuck yeah yeah for speaking on that. And, like, no, that's all what you said is so empowering. It's, like, all of this messy feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't cleanly make up. It's, like, I hate men, but I love men. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, And I think, like you were saying, it's so difficult to have that autonomy and have that, like, this is my identity and you are not going to take that shit away from me. Like, I've been in situations where it felt like I was a fixer to someone else or like this person wanted to fix me. It's like, no, no, no. I don't. Once again, like you said, I don't fucking need you. Like I got together, but like, this is only a compliment to like the type of woman that I want to fucking be. But it's so difficult now. Yeah. I feel like generationally and just societal norms, how it's changed to like show up as a woman, like in a relationship is just so difficult to navigate. Oh my God. Fuck. I was talking to my therapist about this and I was like, Terry, it's so weird. I want, damn, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Fuck. Okay, we're gonna do it. I, I was like, let's do it. I was like, Terry, I don't understand why I want my boyfriend to pay for me all the time when we first started dating. I was like, why am I, why do I have this 
insane urge and this like upsetted feeling when he's like hey let's split this you know and she was like that's because you're a fucking feminist but at the end of the day like you still have some traditional shit in there Isabella and I was like yeah damn like that's true and I just think that's such an interesting um intersection in our identities of like being these boss women who can stand in these spaces and speak our truth but also at the end of the day like be like hey no like you want to pay that bill? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, can you never tell me I'm pretty? Yeah. I mean, I've joked off the cuff where I'm, like, in such relationships with guys where it's so much, like, we are just, like, an intellectual, like, fighting match about politics. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, can you just hold my hand and tell me I'm pretty? Yes. Like, oh, my fucking God. I don't need all this fucking shit. I don't need you to challenge me and make me be a better lawyer one day. I just want you to tell me that I look beautiful in my makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, I know with that shit too and it's like I've realized tapping into like dating and how I date and seek out partners like I really crave that stupid nostalgic shit because I think 99% of the time like you and I am speaking for us like we're probably so programmed to be feminists that like if we don't have any of this like corny love traditional like kind of fucked up stereotypes to fall into it just feels like damn I'm like I really don't connect with the rest of society like I'm I'm out here fluffing around it doesn't make sense to me no feel that too i'm just like dude like shut up and just like pay the bill and tell me i'm pretty yeah. like come on uh. i know and i i that's like one of the reasons why being in a relationship right now especially with my partner because he's a capricorn and he's fucking like he can argue f- and i can argue for an hour like if we yeah. we see our perspectives from our ways we are not gonna back the fuck down until yeah, right. we're heard and I love that. Yeah. It's a lot because my my sister will sometimes be in the other room and she's like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's that's a thing. Like, we do need to be challenged because look at who we are. Like, we yeah. are strong. But at the end of the day, also know when to back down. Like, just yeah, tell me I'm right sometimes. Like, I need that. Right. I know you need it too, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I relate. I best relationships I've ever been in is where is that there is that powerful conflict right Mm. like some people want the relationship to be so boring like we got a golden retriever we got our house we're like we're going to like Miami to go vacation like this linearity I think some people have just accepted as like their life whenever there is this conflict like that's kind of how my parents love was Mm. like my mom is the one that asked out my dad. Uh, he was, she was a, like a professional volleyball player. And so she was coaching this camp of all these adult dudes at this athletic club. Yeah. And I'm telling this story because it was like a very feminist, like amazing moment. So my mom was just like, I love it. Bitch. Yeah. yeah. And so she was coaching this camp. And so all these like guys of this athletic club who were like in their thirties were like, let's just sign up for a volleyball camp. <laughs> like this is so easy. And my mom is like a young 25 year old, fresh out of Germany playing professional volleyball. Vibes. Like having enough clout to run camps off of her name because it has like notoriety so she's running this camp and she sees my dad who and she's like damn that guy's attractive she's the camp counselor like what the fuck annie (laughs) she goes to the i don't know my mom i feel like i've actually told this story before like on a podcast whatever but like my mom i think i said it on my own i I haven't heard this story i'm so into it yeah my mom goes over to the athletic club like whoever's running the club that day running and like the members and stuff it was like okay like can i have your access to your directory of your members and the guy kind of looks like uh it's kind of like patient client information like definitely not (laughs) she's like well there's a camper like i want his phone number and the guy was like no and i don't remember how the story goes but eventually she got the number and so she calls my dad um they've been married for like 30-ish years now and so 
calls my dad and is like, hey, Mike, um, it's Annie. I was your volleyball coach at the camp today. Dad hangs up. <laughs> just hangs up entirely. Um, just kind of sits on it. And, you know, my mom's such a hot shot, like played at the University of Nebraska, like dating the football players, you know, dumping them the next day, kind of like being with this feminist mentality. She's like, damn, a guy fucking turned me down. I'm the hot shit. What do you mean? So she calls him back and my dad says something like, what do you want from me? <laughs> my mom's like, fuck, I just thought he was attractive. And she's like, oh, I just like wanted to go on a date with you sometime. And he's like, okay, like, let me think about my schedule. Hangs up again. Oh, my mom's like, my God. fuck, like, I am seeking out this man. He doesn't want to be with me. Meanwhile, I'm like hot as shit volleyball player. Like, what do you mean? So they eventually go on a date and, you know, they've been married ever since. But it's just like hilarious, I think, for being like a woman and like, really wanting like i'll be like ah oh, that guy's like so hot i want to just go up to him and talk to him oh my god um and thinking about gender roles and how that plays into relationship but they just have this like great sort of like conflict where my mom is always like fuck like not like a conflict but you know what yeah. I mean? this intense relationship back and forth and it keeps it going because yeah. it's like they argue about shit and they make fun of each other on shit and i just have grown up seeing that type of love <laughs> and it's just it's so passionate it's just like infatuating to watch i think that the term quote-unquote real love is obviously problematic in itself but I think to use the term that I just called problematic um, (laughs) I think that real love is really hard to grapple with at times and like challenging and innately messy and and trusting yes like being like oh are you sure you're not gonna like leave me tomorrow like (laughs) I've just situations of like insecurity or like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really supposed to be happy? Like, where's the punked cameras? Are they going to come out and yeah. like, say this? Was- I I definitely catch myself, like, like kind of self-sabotaging some ways whenever good things happen to me. I'm just kind of like, okay, but, like, where is, like, the, the downside to this? Like, where's the con? Like, someone just told me the good side, but, like, where where is it going to get bad? For sure. Like, I always... I'm, like, used to living in just, like, with the glass, like, half empty, where I'm, like, okay, I have to be operating on a lack in some part of my life, whether it be with, like, my relationship with my body or career or men. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, something's got to give. I can't be happy. What the fuck? Well, that's really – that's also, like, an insane amount of trust, too, like, trusting yourself and allowing yourself yeah. to feel those moments of joy. Because I was having a conversation with my really good friend, Caroline, who I had on the pod, like, three episodes ago, but – she mm-hmm. uh, was talking a lot about what it feels like to allow yourself to feel joy and know that on the other side of joy, there's so many other emotions. But, like, while she's in joy, she reminds herself, like, fucking be present because this is, like, yeah. this is always fleeting. And, totally. like, with relationships, there's so many moments where I catch myself being so nitty gritty on my relationship and because that's how I am. Like if 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 something mm-hmm. isn't perfectly symmetrical and perfectly everything, then yeah. I'm gonna go into this hyperdrive because again, I've been socialized as a woman. I have to be perfect. But yeah. there have been so many moments where I'm just like, yo, let that shit go. Like this yeah. let it be love. Like love isn't perfect. Right. That's what love is. Like love yeah. anyway. Love unconditionally. So yeah. yeah. Like also looking around you, like people are watching you all the time. Like, mm. fuck, that relationship didn't go like that. Like comparing timelines of when things happen with other people. Yes. Like, damn, like they bought a dog together, or like they went on a trip together, and like this has happened in my relationship. Like, am I going too fast, too slow? 
And it's like, no one, as much as we all love to think that like people really care about what you do, like your close circle does, but like the people outside of the circle and then another circle outside of that, they don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it, that's another self-talk. I feel like comparison thing, like really like, did I remember what this one person posted on an Instagram yesterday? I don't even know what I posted on my story this morning. Yeah. So like, realizing giving yourself that slack and space like you were saying in these moments where it's like I don't why would I just judge this like let's just fucking let it happen yeah Yeah, like live in the moment with it which is so hard to do so true connected to that too is it's like I've been thinking about this a lot lately it's just like why would I want to live my life trying to fit into this mold this linear mold that I observe everyone else around me living. Like, I'm not going to be happy if I get that dog right now because I don't fucking want that dog. Like, I just want to be this person right now. <laughs> totally. Me, I think the the issue that I feel like I have been that way where I'm, like, kind of doing the odd thing and I'm like, damn, yeah, I, like, my feet are in the ground. I feel comfortable with, like, going off the beaten path and, like, not following this linear mold. But I think it gets difficult when you try to relate to other people yeah. sometimes. Like, ooh, I feel like such a fucking alien. Yes. Like, I don't know in college I never like drank and partied and I was just like no I'm going to work tomorrow Mm -hmm. like what what you guys mean and then it's like gets into such intense moments of like isolation that I've had and like dealt with where I'm like fuck like why have I built myself up to be this way like the you know the most positive parts I love about myself like I really do like love how vocal I am and how passionate I am about politics and like trying to like be better a better educator and communicator about this stuff and I'm like why didn't I just become like a a fashion girly like why did I put this you know make myself so alien like really very few people kind of understand how I'm wired like fuck yeah you know why beating yourself up for the way you are is like such a difficult thing to grapple with because like the people in your life love you because you are the way you Mm -hmm. are but yet it's like the people that are once again like tangentially like in your life you're like well that person doesn't get me yeah and it's like yeah, maybe they're not in your life for a fucking reason. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The idea is so hard to like feel grounded in, I think, with comparison. Yeah. Oh, it's so good to hear you speak on like what it is to feel like an alien because you've chosen an alternate path, which is why I've had uh-huh. the best time talking to you because I feel so connected to I know everything that you're saying. Like, I just feel so... I don't know. It just feels so symbiotic, like your story and how, how, where you are right now. I'm just, I really feel connected to it. So thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm so connected too. I'm like, you know, it's so funny because I think there's people like you've probably had in your life the whole time and you're just like, yeah, you know, we just small talk and we just talk the weather and whatever. But like, this is like our first fucking conversation. And I'm like, yeah, like we get it. <laughs> we vibe. Right. I like, we haven't even talked in person. I know. I know. I, I really hope that obviously not going to travel right now duh but (laughs) when life is fine I don't know I would love to hang in person (laughs) please I would love that we'd love some social interaction it would be be so amazing well Kate I just want to say thank you so much for your time and all your thoughts I'm I'm so innately grateful for you and that the world has you and oh thank you I'm so grateful you girl yes thank you for having me this was so much fun and I just like love conversations you're elevating and I think how you use your platform and like your voice is just so inspiring to see out there so I'm such a of you and like this is just so much fun this is an open invitation that give space is always open for you to take to take the space and speak on it I love it I love it all right awesome well I hope you have a really lovely day and thank you so much You too. I'll see you on Instagram in like five minutes. (laughs)